0: Hey everybody, I'm Nick Gelfast, I play Dr. Halstead in Chicago Med, and you are listening to Meet Us at Molly's.
1: next to your family, and to me, there's nothing more important. Not going to be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's going to be a hell of a ride.
0: Hey, ShyHards, welcome to episode 139 of Meet Us at Molly's. We're going over the season finales tonight, because these are the episodes that you just watched. So episodes 20, really, what, 520, 820,
1: and 720? Yeah, it's
0: it's crazy. crazy. so crazy that we're at this point already. Granted, I mean, this wasn't the plan, but, you know, this is how it happened. So, you know. Um, yeah, so we usually start with the news, but there is no news. So that's nice. We can just, like, jump right on in. So let's do it. Let's just jump right into med, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So we're going to start off with Crockett and Natalie. And like, this was a really good episode. Like, all around, this was a good episode.
1: Yeah, I was very excited to finally learn what happened to Crockett's child.
0: Yes, yes. My heart, like, broke into a million pieces for him.
1: Yeah, and it's, we'll get there, but, like, especially at the end when Natalie tells him that he – or tells him that she knows what happened, and, the, like, the look on his face, and he's like, oh, he's like, I'd rather you not mention it. And like, that, just that whole scene, we'll get there, but, like, oh. Oh, my God, yeah, yeah. So
0: one of Crockett's old friends from med school, his name's Dr. Moody, he sends a patient over to Marcel, and so he's, you know, a child patient, he's got some issues, he's got, like, a hemothorax in his chest, which is bad. And they try to fix it with a chest tube to avoid the surgery. And so as they're leaving Billy's trauma bay, they start talking about kids. And so Natalie's like, did you ever think about having kids? And Marcel's just like, no, like their kids are not my speed. And so before Natalie can like press on, Goodwin walks up with one of the detectives from CBD and two detectives from New Orleans PD. What? So, (laughs) yeah, Natalie's like, huh? So. Yeah. So the chest tube doesn't work. So Bill, or Marcel recommends having surgery. They go to schedule the surgery, and Nat's like, So what was that all about? And Marcel just like rattles this off so casually. He's like, So they think I'm a suspect in a murder and just like walks <laughs> away. And Nat's just like, uh, What? Like the fuck?
1: Yeah. And is- Natalie is all of us too. And that moment, I was literally yelling at my computer. I was like, Wait, oh yeah. Oh Wait, yeah. Why? rewind you think Marcel killed somebody like what the fuck
0: yeah so and this is not the way I thought it was going to go either I thought when when we read the description and it was like you know two detectives from Marcel's past come back and blah 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 I was thinking this was going to be something like maybe his wife and child had been like killed or something in New Orleans I didn't for a minute think that like oh he's going to be a suspect in a murder
1: yeah 100% that's definitely what I thought and like for a second especially like later on as like Natalie ends up like kind of kind of figuring out what happened i was like oh natalie's going El severite tonight okay cool like <laughs> this is what's happening
0: yeah yeah so he just rattles it off and walks away and natalie's like um uh what do i do with this so natalie goes to give billy's mom an update on the surgery and she sees the detectives talking to goodwin and it gets kind of messy from here because the detectives are like we want to arrest him and goodwin's like get the fuck out this is my hospital he's operating are you out of your damn mind yeah she's basically
1: but the thing with goodwin though in the scene it's not even like she's out it's not even her saying like are you out of your damn mind like marcel didn't do anything it's like you're out of your damn mind, you have to wait till he's done with surgery, and then you can arrest him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't say anything about the fact that they're going to arrest him, it's just more like you can't interrupt the surgery, like wait until surgery's done, and then arrest then
0: him. Then take him. Just let him finish the operation <laughs> first. I think at like, this point she's what? like, I don't, know, I don't know anything about my doctors, they're all fucking psycho, do whatever you want with them. Like, whatever. <laughs> oh my gosh. The season. Who cares? Yeah, whatever, I don't really give a shit anymore. So, Nat asks Kevin about it, which is like, hey, Kev, love that. And the info that Kev is able to pull is that the New Orleans detectives have been sitting on evidence for a while, but forensics had pulled samples from their DNA in a national database from when they were kidnapped and it came up as a match. So basically like they pulled DNA from when they were kidnapped and it matched with this cold case from like who knows how long. And so now New Orleans is like, we got our murderer. But Nat's like, but no. That's not how this works. Yeah,
1: but Kevin's like, well, DNA is hard to refute. And I'm like, I want to just be like, Kevin, like, you were once accused of murder. Like, let's not go there. Oh, <laughs> like, my God. Like, you were once accused of
0: murder, too. Like, if anyone can relate, it's you. Is that like the, is that like a rite of passage in the Chicago universe is like, I mean, April's been accused of murder. So, I mean, I guess, I guess like, and so is Jay. So is that like a rite of passage now that like, if you're you're not, a, you're not a true member of One Chicago until you've been accused of murder?
1: The sub kind of, too. Was that murder, or was
0: that just a hit and run? That was a hit and run. That later turned into murder. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Pretty much. Okay, well, turns out that's a rite of passage. All right. And a voice voice committed actual murder, so, like, you know. (laughs) Probably more than once. Oh, probably way more than once. (laughs) All right. cool. Now that we've settled that, (laughs) so (laughs) Dr. Moody shows up after Billy's mom called in because she saw all the stuff going on and she was like, Marcel's in some sort of trouble, like what the hell's happening? And so Natalie tells Dr. Moody about everything and Moody just spills. So like six or seven years ago, back when they were in New Orleans, Marcel lost his baby girl right after her first birthday to leukemia. Which, like, breaks my heart in a million pieces. First off, take a moment to imagine Marcel as a girl dad. Are you crying yet? Okay, good. Stop! Exactly, exactly. It's like, I just want to, like, protect him at all costs now from that story.
1: I have so many questions, though, about, like, timelines. So Marcel was in med school when this happened. Yeah. Which means he can't be that old. Assuming he went straight out of college to med school. Which I guess we don't know. I just have questions like how old is Marcel? It's really what I want to know.
0: They're all somewhere in their 30s.
1: I guess. But then also too my question is like how. He can't have been a doctor that long if he's a surgeon and went through residency. Because that takes like seven years. You have more knowledge about this stuff than I do. Well he still can't be. I don't know. I just Something doesn't add up. And I just want to know how old Marcel is supposed to be. And (laughs) how long he's been a doctor and a surgeon.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they're all just in their thirties. The only, the only, doc- the only person whose age we actually know is April is only because she gives her birthday in the med backdoor pilot. She does. She does. Yes. Hi, nerd things. This is again. We've been quarantined a month. Of course, I'm gonna dig up all the useless facts I know.
1: I just like. I think. Yeah, residencies can last from three to seven years. So I guess it technically depends on where, what level, like when he was in med school. And, like, how long he had been in medical by that point. But still, he can't have been a doctor for that long is all I'm saying.
0: Hmm. True.
1: Depending on what his specialty was. Yeah. But still, I just, I don't know. I want to know how Marcel is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Things I think about. Things to think about. Just, oh, that whole story just, like, breaks my heart. Like. Yeah. Oh, it, like, they said
1: that and I, like, actually started sobbing. I was like,
0: what? In that moment, I was like, I forgive you for any bullshit that has happened this season. Come here. Let me protect you at all costs.
1: Yeah. 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 This is, I mean, and also too, like, this is what we've been waiting for all season. It is. Like this, this season. As Creed, I, like you said, I didn't expect it to come gift wrapped in a murder
0: package. Like, (laughs) this
1: is what I've wanted all season.
0: It was literally a murder mystery. Yeah, literally. (laughs) Literally. and it also makes me wonder what what about her mom like were, were they were they married are they like ha- what happened around? like yeah. yeah
1: yeah i i'm sure we'll find out but that's season six stuff yeah.
0: so many questions so many questions so doris makes some sort of offhanded comment to natalie about will's patient because doris and the light bulb finally goes off so Natalie goes to Marcel while he's in the middle of surgery and she's like, have you ever donated bone marrow? And he's like, can we talk after? And she's like, yeah, no. And he tells her, he's like, well, yeah, I guess I did. And so right as Marcel's leaving surgery, they go to arrest him. And again, this is like, Goodwin's just like, well, this is fucking weird, but all right. I guess it's just another day that ends at Y. And Natalie finally runs up and she tells this whole thing about Turns out that the recipients of bone marrow can sometimes take on their donor's DNA. I
1: cool. didn't know that. Science. Yeah. I didn't know that, but that's awesome.
0: That is cool. Science, man. <laughs> so PD is like, OK, fine, we fucked up. We'll double check this and come back again. And Marcella's is like, what? what made you think to ask me that? And she tells him, she's like, Dr. Moody told me everything. And Marcel's face just changes, and he like says real low. He's like, "Please keep that to yourself, because like people hear that and they look at you differently." And that's it. Yeah, just like break my heart into a million pieces.
1: I know. And like I said, i like I was saying earlier, that scene when he says, "Um, you know, like don't tell anybody." He like he gets a lot calmer. Like his voice just gets calmer and like quieter, and like the look on his face. And I like. Uh, yeah I'm heartbroken Yeah
0: So heartbroken Yeah I just yeah. I, I see him And it's exactly what he tells Natalie He's like people tend to look at you differently I see him completely different now Yeah So I get it
1: Yeah I mean and I think too Even when we first found out And he like There was the scene of him at the bar And we like were like Well what happened Did his child drown Like whatever that was And we were like Oh Like I think even since then We started to see him differently But now that we know the actual details you know, you see him even more differently. So, Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So, crazy. So, Ethan and April. Because Ethan and April, just these two. Uh-huh. These two. Okay, so April spots Ethan going into the doctor's lounge. She rushes after him. April can't really get the hint that Ethan, like, can barely look at her. She just has to, like, be all up in his his area and his space and just be like, hi, 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 I miss you. Hi, are you okay? And Ethan's like, can you not?
1: Yeah. Like, He's literally been doing ride-alongs with the medics to avoid you.
0: This is like when Burgess came to intelligence and Ruzik went undercover and we got Rixton for six episodes. This is that.
1: Yes, although we didn't complain when we got Rixton for six episodes because hi, Nick. But like, yes. point
0: Comparison made. Yeah, touché. Touché. And she's like, I haven't seen you in a few days. Like, where have you been? I can tell you where he's been. He's been avoiding you. Yep. Yeah. He's been doing ride-alongs with the medics. So, I mean, yeah, okay. And so she got the last of her stuff out. She hands him back the key. So it's good to see that, you know, she respected the fact that it's his apartment and was like, okay, here, I get it.
1: That's right. Fair. There's just so much awkward tension in this scene. Like, so much awkward tension. It's, like, kind of unbearable.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, but that's how it's been between them all season. There's just been awkward tension everywhere. Even when Ethan proposed, like, it was supposed to be this joyous moment and we're all just like, eee. Yeah. Yeah. Just <laughs> bad. Bad. So Ethan's yeah. out to lunch with the medics he's riding with. He's riding with Courtney and one other person and I don't think we know the other person's name. But they get a call about a shooting. And so they pull up and it's a hostage situation and really like the the shop owner who's there all he has to say is that there's a little boy inside. And Ethan's like, "Well, fuck that shit." And just <laughs> like literally just runs inside.
1: Yeah, like completely disobeys orders. SWAT's like, "You can't go in there." And he's like, "Fuck that." And Yeah, bye.
0: You know how we keep saying that, like, Severide would be a good cop? I don't feel the same way about Ethan. I feel like Ethan would fuck shit up in a crossover situation.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously this is clearly coming from his background in the Navy, Mm -hmm. but, and, like, that adrenaline and just, like, that familiarity of situations. But, yeah, Ethan would not be a good cop.
0: No, he really wouldn't. He would not. No. So, yeah, Ethan hears that, disobeys, runs inside, and he thinks that, like, you know, Swat's got, like, body armor on, and Ethan's like, whatever, I've got my hands out, we're good. Like, it's cool. God, Ethan. I'm just
1: like, why? I mean, like, I get why, but, like, why? Yeah,
0: yeah. So he gets inside, and the shooter pulls the gun on Ethan, because, of course, and he takes Ethan's radio, too. Again, because, of course. So Ethan finally gets to work on the boy and the shooter is like, all I did was steal a car. Oh, my God. The shop owner is the one who shot the boy. So Ethan's just trying to reason with him. He's like, listen, like, let the boy go. Keep him as a hostage. Or, yeah, keep me as a hostage. Let the boy go. But the shooter's just like, yeah, absolutely not. Not happening. So the medics arrive back at med without Ethan. And April, of course, the minute Courtney gets back, she's like, where's Ethan? Where's Ethan? Where's Ethan? And Courtney's like, yeah, about that. So what does april do she doesn't go back to work she goes to the crime scene swat tells her basically when they get an eye on what's happening they're going in so pretty much the minute they know that like they can see inside they're like yeah we're just fucking shit up and april's just like oh no ethan whatever so this poor kid he has a collapsed lung ethan opens his chest to relieve the pressure the guy opens up to Ethan about how many times he's screwed up. And so Ethan's like, I blew it recently with somebody I care about and I wish I could do it over, which like, don't you dare take the full blame for this.
1: I was so confused. I was like, where the fuck did this come from? Right. Right. I was like, what? What? Yeah. No, like, you- like this is like complete opposite of how you felt yesterday, or like last week, not yeah. yesterday, last week. <laughs>
0: In a I way, just,
1: absolutely, I literally. That confused me so much. I was like, "Where did this come from?" Mm-hmm. And also, like, it's it's partly your fault, Ethan, but it is definitely more April's fault than your fault.
0: Maybe like what a seventy thirty split?
1: Yeah, maybe if you want to go sixty forty, that's a little extreme for me. But like, yeah, seventy thirty. Okay. Yeah, like it's definitely partly his fault, but it's more April's fault. That's fair, in my opinion. In my opinion,
0: but. I don't know. Yeah. So Ethan convinces this guy to turn himself in. Right as SWAT, like, throws in a flashbang or some sort of, like, Yeah, I was like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Um, But thank God Ethan was the one inside, right? Because, like, Will would not have known what to do. At least Ethan was like, like, oh, my God. Yeah, Ethan was like, I know what that is. (laughs) Right. Uh, Yeah, so that was good. But, yeah, Ethan comes out and basically april like runs up and hugs him and i think ethan had a little bit of like what the hell are you doing here on his face right yeah
1: but also in this scene i know she goes to hugs him and when she like puts his her hands around his neck i'm pretty sure she's still wearing the ring oh really that wouldn't surprise me where i'd have to double check but i'm 99.9 sure she's still wearing the ring oh
0: wow yeah that wouldn't surprise me if so
1: right but also like girl You moved out of his place. You guys are broken up. Yeah. Like,
0: what the fuck are you, like, why? Because she can't let him go. (sighs) I know. These two are so frustrating. No, really frustrating. I know. I think, I think Ethan needs to basically do what Will did the minute Natalie got her memories back. And he basically, when she comes back and is like, I want to get back together. He needs to be like, no, like we are better apart. No. Yeah. But we'll see if he actually does that.
1: April even says in this moment, she's like, I've never been more scared. And, like, it was in some ways a nice moment. Like, yeah, despite all the shit, like, they still clearly care about each other. And I feel like more than ever, I think it's more clear that she likes Ethan more than she likes Marcel. Like, she cares about Ethan more than she – her feelings or whatever that Mm. is for Marcel.
0: Yeah.
1: But, like, I think that – If anything, this episode made that more clear to me. But, like, girl, what Mm -hmm. are you doing?
0: Girl, what are you doing? What are you doing?
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Girl. Yeah. I just... I will be very curious to see where these two go in season six.
0: I, I mean, am I curious or am I more, like, bashing my head against a wall? Well... I don't know. I think I'm
1: I'm curious to see what where the writers decide to go with this.
0: Yeah, but also, I mean, if if I'm Ethan, I look at it as a sign. It's not a good sign to me that the minute they have any sort of squabble, like a couple usually does, she goes right to Marcel. It's like, exactly like he said. He was like, yeah, it drove you to the arms of another man. Yeah.
1: But, I mean, technically, no. I'm about to defend April here for one second, which, like, over the last few weeks, I'm like, why am I doing this? Do you feel but, okay? Like, <laughs> no. Do I have Corona? But, like, <laughs> no, seriously. I think it's only been that one time, technically. She did not go back. It's not like every time since then she went into Marcel's arms. That just one time fucked her up so bad that she didn't know how she actually felt since then. I just. I... April. Okay, back to like being against April for the time being. <laughs> okay.
0: Girl, what are you doing? I just
1: God. Yeah. But I also at this point either like I can't see them bringing in other love interests for them either. Maybe I'm wrong, but like
0: I mean, here's your I hot take of the night start for me. Fresh
1: and clean. I know that'll never happen, but like I'd love to start fresh and clean. Give me someone who's not in this hospital for either one of them. Like Look how good it turned out for Maggie. Oh, yeah.
0: Ben's a saint. Does Ben have brothers? We should start there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, we should start there. Uh, I mean, I'll give you my hot take for the night. I never minded Vicky. Yeah, but we already tried to go back to Vicky. and like that It didn't, didn't work. It just wasn't there. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I didn't
1: mind Vicky in the beginning, but yeah, like we already tried to go back there and it didn't happen. It just, so yeah. I don't think we're going to go back, back there a third time.
0: Right. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Yep. I get it. But But if we
1: wanted to bring in another, like, military woman for Ethan, I'm not going to complain.
0: No, me neither. Me neither. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. That would work for me. So Will and Hannah. These two. I mean, I can't decide who's, like, worse for each other. If it's April and Ethan or Will and Hannah.
1: I'm more concerned about April and Ethan only because they're two main characters. So I think we're stuck with that relationship longer. Like, Hannah is not going to be around forever. There is an end at some point to this. I don't know when that end happens, but there is an end at some point.
0: True. True.
1: Like, Ethan and April can dance around each other for, like, ten more seasons. And, like, we'll be like, oh, fuck.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but actually, though... (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Bryna, will you take us through Will and Hannah, please?
1: Yeah. So basically Will wakes up and Hannah's about to head out to a meeting. She's like, I just, I really need one right now. Will's like, oh, I'll drive you. And she's like, no, no, no. Like, I, I'm just going to do this. And she leaves. And then Will notices her phone was sitting on the bedside table. And so he rushes out to try to give it to her, but she's already gone. A little suspicious, but... You know, Will goes back to bed, so we're fine.
0: Sleepy Will. It's a look. Yeah.
1: So Will goes to work, and his first patient is someone who has cellulitis on his foot. Um, Doris brings Will the chart, and apparently this guy was here three years ago, and Will was his attending back then. And so Will starts him on something similar to what they treated his last infection with. Can we just to-
0: address for a moment that when Doris brings in the chart... And Will, like, apologizes and is like, oh, I'm so sorry I didn't recognize you. Did – I mean, these guys, these people see so many patients in a day. Do they, is that a really we're, – we're surprised that he didn't, recommend, he didn't recognize a patient he saw one time a bajillion years ago?
1: Right. It's not, a, like, a frequent flyer or something like that. Right. I don't know. I think it's just common courtesy, but –
0: Whatever. That's our Will. Anyway.
1: But, yes. And, like, the guy's a little – like – you can definitely tell something's up with him because he's like, I don't, yeah, I, you know, Oh, sorry. I don't remember the medication you put me on three years ago, but blah, blah, blah. Like you can definitely tell something's up with this patient. Yeah. Um, but we'll also get another patient, which we never see doctors really get two patients in the same episode. Mm. So like, I was like, Oh, like actually you're actually an ER doctor. That seems more, more than one patient every shift. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Good to know. um, <laughs> So he gets this other patient named Christian, who is clearly high and has an infection on his arm. So Will starts like treating him, and then Hannah shows up to Christian's room. Cool. (laughs) Apparently, Christian is her ex, and he called her for help early this morning. And she tells Will she like she and Will go outside and talk, and she's telling Will this, and he's like, "Well, did you go to a meeting?" And she's like, "Yeah, I did." And then he called me or whatever. But, like, my thing is, if she forgot her phone, then how did he get in touch with her?
0: I think she read a text from him that morning. Like, when she woke up, I think she had read the text and then then bolted. And
1: then went to him. Yeah. Because I was sitting there thinking, I was like, it didn't make sense to me. Yeah. Anyway. And she admits to Will in this conversation, though, that she, like, kind of feels a little guilty for getting clean, which I thought that part was super interesting. And I would love. And maybe not even on this show. Like, I think that's just a super interesting idea that characters who are once addicts never, like, that never really gets, like, it's never discussed on television. Like, that idea. And I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. And it was kind of just a throwaway sentence here. And I was like, well, Mm -hmm. okay. But, like, she and Will leave the conversation on good terms. So, Will's like, okay, I believe you. I'm like, shouldn't, but Okay. Anyway, so then we go back to Will's first patient, and apparently he has an allergic reaction to the medicine, and, like, Will's like, well, this is super weird. It worked for you three years ago, and then Doris comes in, and it's like, well, I tried to call his wife, and the wife told me she's with her husband, and so then everyone's like, well, what the fuck? As it turns out, this patient and his friend committed insurance fraud since the patient's insurance lapsed.
0: What about the moment when Will starts, like, yelling at him? He's like, like, whatever you just did, like, could have killed him, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, excuse you, Will. Excuse you. If the tables were turned, you would not have hesitated to do something very similar to this.
1: Yeah. But, like, Maggie later on brings up a good point that, like, he had to have, like, also give his ID, too. And, like, the girl who's working the front desk could have avoided this whole situation. Right. Because, like, it clearly did not match. Right. Right. And, like, that's her fault. hmm But anyway, I digress. So Will basically confronts Hannah as he's heading out, or, like, goes to talk to her. And because Christian ends up being okay, surprisingly. And Hannah's like, you know, I know you're probably suspicious of everything, but, like, I promise you I'm telling the truth. And Will's just like, yeah, I believe you. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that is that.
0: All right. I mean, I don't think it's healthy that Hannah constantly has to worry about whether Will believes her. But I don't know. This wasn't bad for Will and Hannah. This could have been a lot worse. But this wasn't bad.
1: Yeah, but we're, I mean, clearly this was not supposed to be the season finale. So I guess we're getting more Hannah next season.
0: That is true. That is very true. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So, last up, we had Dr. Charles and Anna. Um, Anna, of course, being Dr. Charles' younger daughter. So, um, Brenda, will you take us through this as well,
1: please? Yeah. Perfect. So, Dr. Charles brings Anna to volunteer at the hospital rather than go on her field trip to a science museum because Anna's like, you know, I could probably actually learn more about science here than on the field trip. So, Dr. Charles is like, yeah, sure, you can come to work with me. Hmm. So... Then we get Dr. Lannick, and he starts working on Trent, who's basically a patient who's trying to push sewing needles into his heart to help him relieve the pressure that he's feeling. Lannick ultimately gets him sedated and, like, gets him calm, but calls in Dr. Charles for a consult. So then Dr. Charles takes over. Dr. Charles talks to Trent, and Trent's like, I've just been trying to make myself feel better, and this is the only thing I can seem to, like, makes it happen. Like, I'm under a bunch of stress. I'm getting ready to defend my dissertation in a couple weeks. And, like, this is literally the only thing that helps. That's so crazy. I mean, right. So, of course, and it's more than just the one. Like, there was the one that we could see, like, poking out. And late, Le- um, Lanick got that one out. But at, when they looked through the x-rays, there's, like, three more in there. <laughs> so, of course, they've got to come out. So, Latham gets called in. And he's hesitant at first about doing the surgery since Trent may be inclined to reinsert the needles after they take them out. But basically like eventually agrees to do the surgery. If Dr. Charles can get Trent's consent.
0: I love that. We're still seeing Dr. Latham. I
1: do too. I really, I really,
0: I really like it.
1: Mm -hmm. I love it. So Anna, you know, was supposed to be volunteering. She gets kicked off the pediatrics floor because she wouldn't get off her fold the whole time. That
0: sounds like me. Then Dr.
1: (laughs) Dr. Charles threatens to take it away from her. If you know, she keeps doing it. And so Maggie's like, let's go have you work in the waiting room. Like, we can give you, like, try round number two. So then we go back to Trent, and Trent doesn't want to stay in the hospital for more than basically, like, you know, a couple hours, because he can't take that much time away from working on his dissertation. Then he goes into respiratory arrest, and they ultimately get him back, but, like, this basically that episode makes Dr. Charles doubt that, like, maybe it's not all psychosomatic. And maybe there actually is, like, a physical condition that is causing him to do this. So then Dr. Charles sees Anna on her phone again and gets mad at her. And basically, Anna finally comes clean about, like, why she really wanted to come to the hospital and avoid the field trip. And basically, Anna asked a boy to meet her at the mall, and he laughs at her. And now some other girls holding hands with that boy on the bus. And, you know, high school drama. <laughs> <laughs> and so Anna gets mad at... Dr. Charles when she's like telling him all this and like storms off. And so basically in terms of how Trent's story all wraps up, Dr. Charles and Dr. Latham find out that not only is he tachycardic but also has this thing called Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome.
0: I know what that is.
1: Yeah. Okay, you explain it.
0: Okay, so it's basically there's an extra pathway to your heart. It's like Mm -hmm. an extra nerve that basically sends these signals and it makes your heart like speed up basically right? Yeah. Something but, like that. My, uh, like, my best friend had it in high school. Um, oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, i Useless medical knowledge! Yay! I'm full of it.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, ultimately, Trent agrees to sue surgery, and he still, at first, hesitates about it only because of the recovery and, like, the help that he's going to have to get from Dr. Charles. But Dr. Charles convinces him that, like it's going to help with his anxiety and it's going to make him feel better. And so he agrees. And then we end and Dr. Charles goes back to his office and he and Anna have this chat and basically, you know, Dr. Charles gives her good life advice about how, you know, we all have our way of dealing with things and you know, basically life is going to suck sometimes, but like you got to just of to go back and like, you can't let that deteriorate your whole world. You got to face things head on and, go after them so
0: i mean to be 13 again and have boy drama be our biggest worry right i know i would give for middle school drama like i'm killed for it right now compared to what's going on now
1: right yeah especially i mean like i'd come deal to i'd rather deal with that even like pre-pandemic but i'd love to deal with it right now
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely any other notes about yeah. med
1: No, but can I say one random thing? Of course. Okay, so you know how last week we were trying to figure out, like you mentioned the comment about how all of Med's episode titles this season were five words Mm -hmm. for season five. Yeah, I went back and looked at them all because I was curious to see the pattern. It's been like that every season. So season one was one word, season two was two words, three was three words, four was (gasps) four words, five is five words. They're so sneaky. Yeah, and like I'm sure honestly they'll do it with season 6, but I like had to go back and look at that last week and I was like, "Oh my god, this is so cool."
0: So basically, so, yes. when they get up to SVU's level and it's like season 21, I'm thinking every episode title is going to sound like a Fallout Boy song.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's going to have it's going to be a sentence with proper punctuation and everything.
0: <laughs> we'll just get to a point like years from now where every episode title is like a full-on novel in and of itself.
1: Yeah well now part of me wants to know obviously we know Fire names them for something that's like said in the episodes I would love to know why PD writers name their episodes the way they do or if they just name them randomly.
0: PD just likes the one word.
1: Yeah, but that's not always one word. Right? They like a lot of one words, but they're not all one words. There is no pattern, from what I can tell. I like tried to analyze this shit, and <laughs> I like, started going back. I was like, "What did season one look like?" And blah, blah, blah. there is nothing really to analyze. This, but yes, that is Med's pattern.
0: This is why we need the elusive PD writer out there to come on the pod and talk to us. We don't bite. I know. I. One day. We just want to have you on and admire your work and ask you a shit ton of questions. That's all we
1: want. Yeah. Nerdy questions like this. We want to analyze episode
0: titles. Yeah. We just want to nerd out. I mean, we don't bite and we have it references.
1: It doesn't get nerdier than that. It really
0: doesn't. It really <laughs> doesn't. So, um, but yes, I just had to mention that somewhere. So I love it. I love it. They're so sneaky. <sighs> yeah. So moving into fire again, this was a really good episode. I really love this episode. It was really, really good, yeah. So we'll start off with Severide and Cap because Cap got some screen time this episode.
1: Like a legit storyline that's not like a comedic storyline, like a legit storyline. Yeah. I love it. we love to see it.
0: When you saw in the episode description that somebody got hurt, I mean, did you ever for a minute think it would be Cap? No. Right.
1: Right. No, we we thought it was Joe.
0: Yeah, um, Joe, and then one of our listeners had sent us one thing and was like, well, it's got to be Stella if Severide's going to freak out, right? I was like, oh, right. Wasn't Stella. No. Nope, wasn't Stella. So we start the episode and Cap is obsessed with 51's original bell. Like he found this thing, he wants to clean it up. I don't even know. So Severide just is like, what the hell is that? And then even Casey is like, don't bring that inside. I was thinking maybe there was some urban legend. Like maybe it was bad luck or something. But No,
1: I think they just didn't want the mess.
0: Funny. Yeah. So 51 gets called to this big industrial accident. And they show up and there's just like a giant cloud of green. Just, ooh. So it's basically, they... Well, they arrive, and of course, Severide, being the Avenger he is, like he gets out and immediately is like, "Oh, hey, look, that's chlorine gas." And Bowden's like, "All right, cool, like, (laughs) cool." Moving on again, because there is nothing Severide cannot do or does not know, because Severide is a genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now that I've actually seen some of the Marvel movies, like I couldn't imagine his movies like right alongside like Iron Man, Thor, Avengers. Severide, but you'd have to whisper it, (laughs) just like they say on PD that would be Severide. Severide. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. So, Squad 3 suits up, Cap and Severide go to find the source of the leak, and there's this moment where it's like a really horrible callback to last season's finale cuz like you hear the whistling and it gets like louder and louder. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I think every fire fan is like, "Get out, get out. Have you learned nothing?"
1: But what it's Severide 2 is like, Cap, get the fuck out of there. And then Cap doesn't, like, I don't know if he doesn't cure him yet or whatever. And then Cap doesn't get out. And, like, yeah.
0: Yeah, so the leak explodes and Cap just goes flying. And so, come back from commercial, you know, Cap's mask flew off. Basically, I mean, he looks like some sort of horror movie victim when, like, you know, their eyes get, like, gouged out or something. Mm -hmm. his face is all red his eyes are all scratched and bleeding it's bad it's bad so he looks awful and so violet and the team they basically take him off to med. so severide is like pissed he's like you fucked with one of my men and now i fuck with you Mm -hmm. so sev goes through the logs and he's like there's been three calls to this scrapyard in the last six months because severide just can't let things go but also like that's why we love him
1: right detective severide Mm -hmm.
0: mm-hmm mm-hmm so Severide asks Bowden for an update, and Bowden's like, I haven't spoken to Med. I don't know what's going on. Cap's not in their system. And so Sev's like, yeah, I'm going to Med. And Bowden's like, okay, good. Go, go take Casey with you. So <laughs> they go to Med, and Will basically tells him that Cap left against medical advice and just checked himself out, which, like, knowing Med, I'm surprised that, like, Will knew that.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So Will's just like, I've got to report this to CFD. And Severide is like, hey, wait, wait, wait. Technically, I mean, Will owes Severide for the time that he basically tried to leave him for dead in the med backdoor pilot. So I feel like that's something that Will is just going to owe Sev for for forever.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: Pretty much. Yeah. So like the the minute that he was like, I have to file this with CFD, I'm like, but you actually don't because remember that time you tried to kill Kelly? (laughs) you actually don't yeah yeah so if you ask me I think I think Will just owes Severide like in perpetuity just like any time Will's just going to be like Will's going to say something and Severide's going to be like but remember that time you tried to kill me good times yeah remember that time you tried to kill me yeah so Severide takes squad back to the scene of the incident basically Severide convinces Will to you know shut his mouth because Severide Uh, for 24 hours for twenty-four hours, yes, because he flashes the Separate eyes and like, you know, again, remember the time you tried to kill me? So <laughs> Severide calls out the owner of the shop because he's like, You've been taking money under the table, like what the fuck's your problem? And Cat and Cruz and Tony are like, Yeah, let's just let's just leave. Like, let's just go. Come on. Let's just. Mm. And so Casey and Severide go to Cap's house. And so they pull up outside and Sev basically tells Casey the whole story about the first time he met Cap. Which, like, why are we just now getting this in season eight?
1: I literally was, like, bawling. Like, Severide's telling this story and I was like, oh my god, just all the fucking feels.
0: Yeah, yeah. And just... I hate that we're getting this in season eight because when he was telling when he was telling Casey the story, I was like, so wait, they're like closer than we ever thought they were.
1: Yeah, well, and the thing is, too, Severine mentions that like Cap was on truck at this point. And like we know that it's taken Cap like he had his whole like squadiversary thing and that was like seven years or something like that. Cause remember he like retook the test and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So like, it's been like over 10 years at least probably.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while for sure. Yeah. Which is just awesome. Yeah, it's so good. So Sev tells this whole story about how they were at an apartment fire. And instead of getting a sledgehammer, Cap just basically, like, karate-kitted his way through the door with his foot. And so basically Cap got his foot stuck, but it was just enough for Severi to get in and unlock the door.
1: And yeah, he and case, Casey are, like, like
0: giggling like schoolgirls.
1: Yeah, and Casey's just like, only Cap. And I just, like, again, I'm, like, literally sobbing at this point because all the heels.
0: But also, why are we just now hearing this in season eight? I know. I know. They go in and Cap is just like chilling in the dark, this poor guy. Um, yeah. And this is just such a, like, a family moment, right? Because like Severide and Casey walk in, they're like, are you okay? And Cap's just like, yeah, they just said to rest my eyes. And Severide's, okay. Severide's like, okay, well, do you at least have beer in the fridge? Because like, if he's going to sit there in the dark, they're going to sit with him.
1: Right. But I also the thing I loved about this scene, too, is that like Severide didn't like, yell at him and be like why the fuck didn't you leave med like he asked him about it but then cap doesn't really say anything and Severide doesn't like push him and be like no you need to go so fuck back to med right now mm-hmm. like it's just like you know like you said more chill and he's like well at least you have beer <laughs> like
0: yeah just the family I, I, the family dynamic between the firehouse like it is just so pure and it's so much it's it's different from the family dynamic on med and pd of course because fire's the mothership, right? But it's just so pure and perfect. And there's just something so, like, heartwarming about it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Love it. So Severide goes to OSHA. And the guy's just like, yeah, so we awarded a bunch of fines. And if they don't file this paperwork, that's more fines. And Severide just, like, works his magic, like, it's so good. It's so, so good. He gets up in the guy's face. He's like, listen, I could have called and left a message instead of driving all the way down here to see you in person. But I wanted to look you in the eye, a.k.a. I wanted you to look into my beautiful blue eyes and ask that you don't treat this case like another manila folder. Treat this case like there's a human being whose life and career was put at risk because of guys who pay a few fines and keep doing what they're doing. <sighs> Kelly Severide, that is beautiful.
1: Yes.
0: Severide. Severide. Justice League. Justice League. Just yep. make him part of Justice League. Although Justice League is DC, right?
1: Yeah, it's the, make him part of the Avengers.
0: Can he be part of both?
1: No. Please? <laughs> That's not how this goes, Gina. <laughs>
0: <I> just, no. <laughs> Kelly's just amazing with the shit he gets done. But, like, think about it, that, like, it takes... That kind of a speech for people to treat other people with compassion. It's just, I don't know. That's kind of something that hopefully we're going to see a shift in once this pandemic is over. That, like, hopefully people are going to have more compassion for each other. Hopefully. Hopefully. Don't know. There's going to be like hundreds of little Kelly Severides running around. Yeah. Yeah. I'm cool with that, though, as long as they have his eyes. Yeah. (laughs) so squad stops back by the scrapyard and kelly's ready to go like beat the owner up again but the guy from osha did what severide asked and he shut that place down and so later on casey and severide wait for cap to finish his tests at med and it is funny because he comes out and he's wearing sunglasses and sev's like and and he's like i can never be a firefighter again and casey's just kind of like oh god and severide just looks at him for a moment and is like you're lying and he walks away and Sev's so just like yeah that was bad acting
1: <laughs> my favorite part though is when cap's like oh look at that you were worried about me he was worried about me wasn't he like i just again love that
0: relationship like love it it's but more please more please this should not have been like the very first episode where we see Severide and cap i know we always kind of knew that cap was sev's number two but it was something unspoken what well, it was always just
1: more in terms of like fire incidents right like cap's always the first person he calls for but like okay cool like cap's just the first person he calls for yeah but like never like this did have we seen this
0: right right and so they all go to molly's to celebrate and Cruz even finishes up shining the bell because they're all precious and adorable and we love them so much yeah love it so moving on to gallo and violet oh my god these two i was laughing so hard through this whole thing Oh my god, it's so good! It's so good! It's just so good. But then again, I mean, again, on we're pretty much like me to St. Molly slash the Blake Gallo fan club. So you yeah. know, yeah, Gallo could I do anything, and it'd be just like the cutest thing in the world. I was basically like petting my dog the other day, and I was like, "You're so cute." And I was like, "You could murder somebody, and I would think it's the cutest thing ever." And that's pretty much how I feel about Gallo.
1: Well, Gallo could smile and we'd be like, oh, my God, Blake Gallo smiled. Oh, yeah. What the heck? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like in Mean Girls, like, um, what was it? On whatever day, he asked me what day it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. Precious. So Violet shows up to the industrial accident, too, and she's pissed with Gallo. And so Ritter just kind of clocks it and asks Gallo when they get back. And so Gallo's like, yeah, I told her that we should keep it casual and see other people. And she took it the wrong way. And Ritter's just like, you're a dumbass. Like, yeah, you're a dumbass. So Gallot goes to... gallot Gallo. Mm. Gallo goes <laughs> to... Is that, that their to, ship name? Gallot Is it? I guess it is. Did that just happen? That just happened. <laughs> I guess so. We just made that a thing. I just made that a thing. I ship it. It's so. a productive episode tonight. So I ship it, so... Mm-hmm. Why not? Me too. So... Blake talks to Violet at Molly's, and Violet's like, listen, I'm not upset by the whole thing. I'm actually leaving to go on a date. And Gallo is just so, like, upset about it. He just kind of is like, "Uh, what? And he's even more confused. So Mouch and Cruz and Herman all give him different advice. So Herman's like, you just need to, like, shut up and nod and be like, yes, whatever you say, that's fine. I don't remember what Mouch says, but Cruz is like, you should what. Mouch said. Okay, so Herman what did Herman say? Like,
1: Herman's like, yeah, don't do that. Like, <laughs> Herman basically says the opposite because then somebody else comments was like, well, Cindy would disagree otherwise.
0: Oh yeah, and then we got to Cruz and Cruz is like, you should just get married. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's just like you guys have been married for a week.
1: He's like, exactly. Everything's great. We've had no issues. <laughs> right. Right.
0: So Violet rolls up to 51. She asks to speak to Gallo. And because he's been blowing up her phone nonstop, which again is really funny because they go to talk. And Violet's like, you texted me five times. And he's like, yeah, and? And she's like, the last one said, are you dead? And he's like, okay, that's an expression. <laughs> They're adorable. I and I'm, I just, I die. They're so funny. So... They're back there, and Violet's like, you said we should see other people. And Blake's like, I didn't think you would. And so then it just kind of goes back and forth. And he's like, maybe we should be exclusive. And then she's like, maybe we should break up. And he goes, maybe we should get married. <laughs> and she's like, you're out of your mind. And she leaves. And he goes back out. And uh, Ritter's just like, maybe we should get married. Really? And Gallo's like, but Cruz said to say that. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. It's perfect. It's so good. It's just so good. And yeah, it's just so good. It's just perfect. So I don't think we really came out of that with the resolution, did we?
1: No, they're broken up.
0: I mean, they're broken up, but also like they're going to come back together and just be like, oh my God, I love you.
1: Yeah, they better.
0: Oh my God, they're so funny.
1: I just, yeah. I was a little, I did cringe a little bit though when Gal, when. Violet said "Like you said, like she's like we should see other. You said we should see other people." And Gallo's like, "I didn't actually think you would." And then Violet gets upset. I was like, "Ooh, Gallo, ooh. not ooh. ooh, that was bad." I don't <laughs> like, think that he- was bad.
0: I don't think he was intending to see other people either. I think he probably just got spooked. Right, but like just
1: the way that came out, I was like, "Ooh, like ooh, yeah, danger. Gallo, danger, Eat like Gallo, words. danger, Eat your words,
0: yeah." Yeah, I did love to, and she was like, she, she called him Gallo, and he was like, oh my God, it's Blake. He's like, stop calling me that. She's
1: like, but I've always called you that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I ship it. I don't know why, but I ship it. Ship it so hard. And I usually don't like those ships where, like, they come together just by, like, constantly bickering at each other. I actually usually hate that quite a bit, but I don't know why with Gallo and Violet, I find it adorable and funny. Gallet. I Gallet. ship it. That just happened. I ship it. So like G A L L E T, right? Yes. That just happened. Cool. That's cool. the ship name.
1: Done. Done. Our work here is done. Cool.
0: <laughs> so anyway, that's about all we've got. No, I'm just kidding. So uh <laughs> we've also got Foster and Brett. There was a lot going on here, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. 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 Brenda, will you take us through Foster and Brett, please?
1: Yes. So, basically, Foster ends up starting out, cornering Stella, and is like, I need your advice. Basically, Foster set up a meeting with Northwestern Med School Admissions Committee because she wants to go back to med school. And she's like, I'm just kind of gauging opinions. Like, I just, you know, want to talk to them, see about the situation, see if it's even possible. But she's like, I don't know how Brett's going to feel about it, especially with everything Brett's going through and has been through recently. Like, I just don't know how Brett's going to feel about it, and I don't want to feel like I'm abandoning her and Stella's just like, be honest and open with Brett. Like, you know, Brett will understand, Just, but you've got to tell her up front. So Scott and Amelia, which is the baby and baby named after Julie's middle name, which is super cute. Mm-hmm. I love that name. Um, come to visit Brett at 51. And basically Scott's like, thank you for everything you did for me. Like, I really would have regretted this, but, you know, we're all good now. And they're moving back to Rockford which not surprised but brett and you know they're like it's just not feasible to live in chicago on one income like you know it's just gonna be what's best for us but you're welcome to visit anytime like and he says to her he's like you are her sister forever and always which
0: is like love brett yeah we're never gonna see that baby again nope nope Nope. we all know it yeah let's just get used to that now nope
1: So Foster goes and finds Brett in the bunk area and tries to tell Brett her news. But Brett, of course, is upset about the Scott Amelia thing, so Foster ends up not admitting anything. And then, of course, they get interrupted by a call, so that's that. So after they drop off their patient at med, Will Will sees Foster and makes a comment about how he heard from one of his friends about her reapplying and to med school and asked Foster to, like, keep him updated. And Brett is pissed. So pissed. She is so mad. And Foster's like, you and me, like, I think we should talk about it. And Brett's like, why? Like, it already sounds like you made up your mind.
0: And She's they, just hurting.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's clearly just out of hurt, but, like, mm, not a good look.
0: Also, can we just – for a moment, talk about how a friendship between Foster and Will would not be the worst thing in the world? No. That's now, what, two, three episodes in a row? I don't think I would mind that. I'm here for that. They would push each other to, like, I mean, if they were on the same level, they're not, obviously, but like, I think they would push each other in a good way.
1: Well, even just in, like, these kind of, like, minor scenes, Mm -hmm. like, if Will is always the person they run into at Med, we're like at Molly's. Mm-hmm. I'm cool with that. Yeah, same. So um, Foster does end up going to her meeting. It goes great. Um, and she like says in there, she's like, you know, I've been in the trenches. Like I know now that I'm ready to be a great student and even better doctor. Like this whole experience being a paramedic has changed me. On and on and on and on. And she walks out of her meeting and Brett is waiting outside for her and like apologizes. And she's like, you know they'd be lucky to have you. And they hug and make up and walk off. And yeah, that's that.
0: See, in some ways, the fact that the season got cut short, it's not, I mean, you know, it sucks, but also it's not bad because in some ways, some of these endings feel like good cliffhangers.
1: Yeah. Well, I really think, well, we'll talk about PD, but I think this is the only one so far that really ended on like a cliffhanger. Mm,
0: I, I mean, we'll talk about PD, but yeah.
1: Well, no, I said, like, besides PD, like, we, in terms of what we've talked about up until this point, yeah, this is the only one that has felt like a cliffhanger,
0: right? Right, so
1: like, nothing on med really felt like a cliffhanger.
0: I mean, <laughs> Marcel wasn't completely cleared of murder,
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, but he was, so.
0: yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, so, <laughs> we also anyway. had Stella, um, she had a little something going on, so, um. Brenna, will you also take us through Stella?
1: Yeah. So, Brett and Foster are helping out with Girls on Fire. Just love to see it. Like, love that Stella's getting everyone involved. Just love it, love it, love it.
0: I loved so much her, like, parting speech to them. And she was like, you know, when you're in high school, everybody's telling you what you can't do. But here, we're going to tell you what you can do over and over and over. I was like, yes, girl. Yes, queen. Like, yes, Stella. Get it. Yeah.
1: So then Kylie shows up to 51 and is asking Stella about the firefighter manual. She's like, I tried to find it online. And Stella's like, I actually only have a hard copy. And she lets Kylie borrow it. And, like, something seems off. But, like, Kylie doesn't really mention anything else. Um, except for the fact that she's like, you know, I'm sad. Girls on Fire won't be continuing throughout the summer. And Stella's like, actually, we are. And Kylie's like, oh, cool. But, like, something's definitely off. Mm-hmm. So, at the next fire, Girls on Fire, is it a class? I guess we're calling it a class, right? Training session? Class? Whatever I guess so. Yeah. Class. Stella notices that Kylie isn't there. And so she asks somebody and, you know, like, if they've heard from Kylie and they're like, no, I don't know really where she is. So, Stella, of course, is super worried. And she asks Kelly, like, what she should do. And Kelly's just like, I think you should call her. You have her number. Like, check in um and so Stella does just that but Kylie doesn't answer so that's kind of where we left things but yeah so yeah
0: that one I worry they're gonna drop like a hot potato like the season nine's gonna start and they're just gonna act like it never happened
1: yeah I guess we'll see but
0: I mean again if the season has to end abruptly these are not bad episodes to end with so right no yeah yeah we'll see so any other notes about fire?
1: No, I really like this episode. Again, I love the cat severed thing.
0: Yeah, love, love,
1: love, love, love. So unexpected, but love it so much.
0: Yeah, it was great. It was really, really great.
1: Yeah. yeah. Maybe my favorite fire finale ever, just because we didn't get a cliffhanger. <laughs> like... Right,
0: right. So it's like, there's like, it's not stress inducing. You don't want to cry or break anything after. Like, yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so... Moving into PD. Oh my god, this episode. Oh my holy god. Shit.
1: Holy shit.
0: It was good.
1: I texted you this, so we saw these episodes early.
0: Obviously, because text- it's Wednesday night when you're listening to these. Yes.
1: We saw these episodes early, and I literally texted you, and I was like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. Like, just like insane. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly what it I said I was like I said like Leroy's put on a fucking masterclass this week.
0: He was fantastic
1: and like we've said that before but we like this is on another level.
0: I always appreciate a good callback, but a callback from like last season is some next level shit. That was and I, fucking genius.
1: I didn't even pick it up at first. Like I had it took me watching it for a second time to be like, "Oh, right. Holy shit." And then I went back and rewatched that part of that episode and I was like, "Oh, Wrap like it's just so good, it's so good. Right,
0: right. Because I mean, we had heard Doyle was going to come back, but I mean, I think in all of our minds, we were like, "Okay, hey, that's just some cop that like he one time had like a minor disagreement with." Totally forgetting he's that cop. But did like did we know that? I don't remember knowing that. I I mean I that's an, a Night in Chicago is the episode like we're never going to forget. Right? That was that's season six episode thirteen. uh um, Yeah. I mean that's an episode nobody's going to forget. But I think. We probably all forgot about Doyle just because, I mean, we all fucking hated him. And I mean, I'm talking about, like,
1: we knew Doyle was coming back.
0: Yeah, we had heard it was going to be Doyle, but I don't think we made the connection that he was the cop from a night in Chicago.
1: I don't remember learning that at all. Maybe I missed, I don't know where I was, but I don't remember learning that at all.
0: Um, Somebody had tweeted it to us somewhere along the way, so. Um, Before we get into the details here, we've got to start off with the Upstead scene we got in the opening yes oh my god um because i mean we were totally gipped of Haley on fbi i mean it's yeah. true we only got one episode and we were supposed to get like two or three and so like the very very first episode or f- first scene Haley and jay are talking on the phone and again we're still at it with the pizza talk i don't know why you know why are we trying to like <laughs> ignite that fire why are we debating new york versus chicago pizza i feel like that's just like a really big recipe for disaster
1: because you can't really debate Chicago bagels. Like, yeah, you can talk about New York bagels, but like, you can't talk about Chicago bagels. So,
0: like, what else are you can talk about? I don't know. I don't know. So, they're <laughs> talking about pizza, and Jay is just like, it's okay. Like, deep dish when you get back. We'll go to this place. Like, that's fine. And then he's like, you are coming back, right? And Haley's like, yeah, of course. I miss the wind. And he's like, okay, so you do miss me. And she's like, shut up. <sighs> they're phone flirting. I love it. We were going there so hard towards the end of the season. So hard. Like we so were hard. gonna
1: get it and like or get something and we were gypped. Just...
0: season eight, Upstead will rise. Yeah, oh, a hundred
1: percent. Now I think our bet is gonna be like what half of the season does it happen in? Um
0: our wish does list happen in the just so, Um That's a good question. That's I guess a really we, good question. We, I mean we Yeah, but We what? Still
1: so we have no idea, but that's our next debate.
0: But also, we'll just let you know now our wishlist episode is going to be, like, pretty much – it's just going to be, like, Upstead in big, giant, all-capital letters. Like, I think our our outline for that episode is just going to say Upstead.
1: Yeah, we're going to come up with something for each one of the letters. Like, U-P-S-T-E-A-T. You know those
0: commercials? I can't remember who it's for, but when they're talking about the word free and they just say it over and over and they're, like, free, 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 free. Like, that's going to be our wishlist episode. It's just going to be, like, Upstead, 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 Upstead. Yeah. 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 So – so we get that offset scene. It's beautiful. There's phone flirting, and jay's is like, "You miss me?" Of course he does. <laughs> so it's just so perfect. So anyway, back to reality. Kev is working to take down a gun trafficking ring. There are Uzis involved, which are like big, heavy machine guns. It's all sorts of crazy shit. So basically, the ring—they're you know—they—they—they they, they smuggle weapons, and they're also alt-right fanatics. Basically, they're highly racist, very much like white supremacists. They're basically, it's those guys, big time. Mm -hmm. They've set up a buy. Kev's going to be the buyer. They're they're, they're basically trying to loop in one of the low-level guys so they can get the big guy. So Kev goes in to make the buy, and everything's fine until Doyle appears. So Doyle turns around, sees Kevin. They have this stare down. And Ruzik's like, holy shit, that's Tommy Doyle. And Rojas is like, I'm sorry, who's that? And the minute Ruzik's like, yeah, they had a beef last year. That's when it connects. And I'm like, oh, it's freaking that guy. It's freaking that guy. <sighs> Night in Chicago is a very, very powerful episode.
1: Yeah. yeah. Also, fun fact. According to IMDb, the actor who plays Doyle has been on PD three other times in addition to Night in Chicago. Oh, really? Is- yes. He was twice the same character this guy named Carl Forsman in 202 and 203. And then also appeared as Jake Harper in 422.
0: So, 202 and 203 are, like, my favorites. That's, like, the way station and uh, the other mm-hmm. one when the bounty's out on Jay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Jake Harper. Basically, Doyle screws up the buy and Kevin is so pissed. Oh, my God. Kevin gets out of that car and he's like, what the fuck? So Doyle was patrol. He got promoted to detective, which like, okay, what the fuck, dude? Like, how does Doyle get promoted to detective and yet Kev is still an officer and not that one has anything to do with the other, but really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not okay with it. I don't like it. And just, yeah. So. Doyle got promoted to detective somewhere along the way. He's working undercover. Doyle's sergeant suggests working together. And at first, Whit is like, that's not a good idea. And the sergeant's like, well, I don't think it would be a problem on our end. And this is a kind of a recurring theme throughout the episode that you see, is that people are kind of indirectly gaslighting Atwater and the rest of intelligence into thinking that Kevin is just making much do out of nothing. That, like, he's blowing mm-hmm. everything out of proportion. But he's not. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nope. It's pretty maddening to see that, like, this is just a recurring thing that happens where Kev stays quiet because he's like, oh, it's not worth it. Or somebody says something that's completely out of line. And we know because, you know, Kev was there or, you know, we saw it happen in season six and nobody says anything.
1: Yeah. Frustrating. Yeah. Very frustrating.
0: Yeah. So before the second attempt at nabbing this Jayhawk guy, Doyle approaches Kevin and he's like I'm sorry I messed up the bus like I was undercover I had to play a character now I definitely thought he was trying to apologize for last season but it's just I I got a little bit of a giggle that he was like oh my god I'm so sorry I had to play a racist and you see the sarcasm in Kev he's like yeah that must have been hard and so Doyle's like let's put things behind us let's focus on the bus and Doyle holds out his hand and this time Kevin shakes it because there was a big parallel in that moment did you catch that Mm hmm. Yeah. So at the end of 613, Doyle holds out his hand and Atwater just opts to take him outside and beat the crap out of him. So this time he actually shakes his hand, which is growth because I don't know when I was really hoping Kevin wouldn't shake his hand. And then he did.
1: Yeah, because Kevin is the bigger person
0: for real, though. But actually, though, but actually, mm-hmm. though, so in the middle of this by Jayhawk holds a gun to Kev's head and Doyle even steps between them, and he just kind of, like, diffuses the whole thing so that they get Jayhawk. And so when they're on the way to get Reed, by this point, Kev and Doyle are not on good terms, but, like, they, they can work together. It's, it's fine. Right. And so as they're walking up, Kevin goes, well, I assume, that, I assume that's one of Reed's boys. And Doyle's like, why? Because he's white and tatted up? Maybe he's an honor student waiting for the bus. Don't judge a book by its cover, man. Ugh. He said so many things. I'm just like, you're such a hypocrite. Oh, my God.
1: Such a fucking hypocrite.
0: Like, it's so cringy. It is so cringy. So bad. Oh, my God. So they get Reed. No problem. And Doyle convinces Kevin to get a beer to celebrate. And I'm surprised that Kev relented because, I don't know, I just, yeah. It doesn't really take much. Doyle's like, let's go celebrate. And Kev's like, no. And then Doyle's like, I kind of saved your life the other day. And Kev's like, all right. And that's great, but then shit gets so awkward in the car. So awkward in the car. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. So Doyle tries to apologize for last year, and all he can say is like, "I really wish I'd handled that better." Uh, uh, try, no s- try saying that to the family of the guy you the the guy you killed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Kev's just like, "No, like what you did is what you did. Like that, you can't change that." And. Kev's like, you know what? Just let me out of the car. I will take an Uber. Like, let's just go. And even, and Doyle just can't resist, like, the racist remarks, right? Doyle's like, look where we are. And Kev's like, I'll be fine.
1: (laughs) I can't. Doyle's, I can't. It's so
0: bad. It is so So bad. bad.
1: So bad.
0: So they they pull up to a stoplight and... When we get the screeners, it's not the final version. And so sometimes they like have to insert sound that you hear later on. And so in this in this one, they pull up to the stoplight and it is fucking silent, silent. And I was like, oh, my God, it's too quiet. Something really bad is about to happen. So Doyle sees two black men on the corner. One's got a duffel bag and they're literally just talking on the corner. It's literally just one guy saw another guy with a duffel bag and they are just talking. Now, in this day and age. Yeah, that would be suspicious because high social distancing. But <laughs> this was before March, you know, before we all had to just like buckle down and not see other people. So, I mean, this is completely normal. And he's like, Do you see what I see? Like, that's suspicious. And Kevin's like, Why? Because they're black. And Doyle, again, with the racist stuff, he's just like, Oh, this is just statistics. Like, that place is definitely a stash house. And Kevin's like, Are you fucking kidding me? What are you doing? So, it's Doyle. So It's so bad. I know everything out of his mouth was, like, so cringy. I was just like, stop it. Oh, stop it, Doyle. So Doyle decides to, and I quote, be police and investigate. And by investigate, he really just means, like, show up on the side of the road and bully this guy until they have to, like, he just, he's very confrontational. He doesn't need to be. He pretty much just rolls up and is like, what are you doing? I'm police. And then he just kind of, like, starts being really confrontational. Mm Mm-hmm. Every moment with Doyle is cringy. All of it. All of it. It's so bad. So, so bad. So Kev is like sitting in the car and he's like, oh my God, please get back in the car. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And then, of course, gunshots ring out. So Kev has to follow him in. So I did enjoy how you can see like Kev went full void when he, he walked in the place and he was like shooting with the one arm. He was just like, I got this. Whatever. Full void. Yeah. Love Love uh, it. So he he engages with the other shooters, takes them down, and he finds Doyle in the corner bleeding out. Just all of it is just a mess. So the place turns out to be a stash house, like it is indeed a stash house. But I think that's probably why Voight assumed immediately that it was a homicide, because the minute that they found out Doyle didn't make it, Voight was like, OK, well, obviously, like, they killed him. There's no other side to this story. Like, it's a homicide. Boom. And... But still, like, knowing what we know and seeing Voight assume what he assumes is, like, alarming, maybe? Yeah. I think only
1: because Kevin was already there, so, like, mm-hmm. why else would Kevin be there if this was the situation? Like, how else would Kevin have gotten wrapped up in this situation?
0: Right. But we also see it in so many other episodes without seeing the other side. Like, we see Void assume it's a homicide. We see him in the interrogation room, but we don't see what we don't see the other side of it, like the other side of the story. Yeah. And we saw it in this episode, and so it makes it just all kind of alarming. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So it's really frustrating, though, because from this point forward, you see people say things that are not necessarily true, but Kev just stays quiet to keep the peace, really. Yeah. But he also knows that if he says anything, nobody's going to believe him.
1: Mm-hmm. But he also can't not say anything either because right. that would be unfair to him and to the guy that got killed and yeah
0: yeah so uh he and platt go over to doyle's father's house and like thank god Trudy showed up when she did right because mm-hmm. she was the perfect person to go to him go to this party with him or not really a party but you know visitation gathering yeah 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 so when when kev went to talk to the father i was bracing for him to say something racist like almost, I was almost kind of bracing for like the, like the racism to be like a learned behavior. Um, So when the dad was like, he stood up and he was like, oh, Kevin, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, what's he about to say? And he was just like really nice.
1: But this, what he says though, is almost worse, I think. Oh
0: my God, it's It's so bad. bad.
1: Because he talks about how like the fact is that like, you know, the only, he says he's like, the only silver lining is that Doyle went out a hero. Like his name will be memorialized on the wall. Like, it shouldn't be. Like, and Doyle did not go out a hero. Mm-mm.
0: But only Kevin knows that.
1: Right. But so, like, when he says that, like, yeah, it's not technically as bad as, like, being a racist straight to Kevin's face. But still, like, this is not a good thing to say either.
0: No, I mean, it's not. But, I mean, and you can just see it in Kevin's face. Like, it just pains him because... He knows the truth, but he's not saying anything. I mean, you know, granted, at his father's house is probably not the place or time. Mm -hmm. But it just pains him because he can't say anything. So the next day, Rusewater, they go to see Sam Page's wife. Sam Page is the John Doe. He was the one with the duffel bag who was killed. And they go to see his wife. And I mean, it it goes about as well as you think it does, because Ruzik, even before they left, was like her husband was gunned down last night. Like, this is not a good idea. But Voight gives none of the fucks. And, you know, she just explained she's like, you know, the press conference that they gave, they treated him like a criminal. They made it sound they made it sound like he was like in a gang. He wasn't, you know, and now my son is without a father. I'm without a husband. And you guys are here wanting me to help you. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it's a powerful moment. She says a lot of really impactful stuff. So, they get a hit on the house that they had, the, the house where Doyle was killed. They get a hit on the house and the blue sedan. It gives them a guy named Jamal Pierce. Um, Brian, if I'm droning on here, please feel free to stop me. Will you take it from here? Yeah.
1: So, Kevin ends up going with one of the guys from Doyle's unit who, I mean, literally just an asshole. I mean, mm-hmm. This entire unit essentially is. And he ultimately ends up roughing up Jamal and then Jamal's buddy Terrence. And he... This really, really got me mad when he starts talking to Kevin and, like, blaming Doyle's death on Kevin. Oh, my God. Yes. And... It, he says, he's like, you know, truth is, if you were a better cop, then this would happen. Like, Doyle would still be here. And then Kevin goes, obviously gets in his face and is like, Doyle is dead because of Doyle. Like, he did it to himself because he's a racist son of a bitch.
0: That and was honestly, the moment that he, Atwater snapped. Right.
1: Honestly, though, it kind of reminded me very slightly of another parallel to 613 mm-hmm. when Kelton was blaming that situation on Kevin and kelton at first too was like well like at that point like the guy died because of kevin because like if kevin was a good cop he would have you know broken character and like admitted that he was a cop and blah 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 and like saved the guy's life before that got as bad as it did oh my god i forgot about that well i only know that because i literally just watched this episode again Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's the only reason i remember that but yeah like it kind of reminds me of that moment like Stop blaming Kevin for things, please. It is
0: not his fault. Yeah, for I I don't know why everybody seems to think he's an easy target. He's not. I mean, they they're blaming him because he's black, which makes me so angry. Be just seeing it. I mean, yeah, it just it makes me angry that the odds are so stacked against Kevin only because of the color of his skin.
1: Yeah. I just oh, makes yeah. mad. So Kevin goes between Voight interrogating Terrence and Jay interrogating his friend. And basically, like, all the stories start to match up. Like, Doyle shot first. They shot in self-defense. Like, everything is matching up. So hearing Voight, like, tell him how things are going to go, like, it's actually just, like, pretty sickening. Sicken- sickening. I cannot speak.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it's... Mm. Yeah, and and thank God Kevin is there, because if Kevin's not there, those two go to jail for something they didn't do.
1: Right. Or something, I mean, like, they did technically kill Doyle, but, like, not, for no reason.
0: But you could almost argue it wasn't murder, it was self-defense.
1: Right, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, they definitely killed Doyle, like, there is no doubt that, like, they shot Doyle and, like, Doyle died because of their shots, but, like they all they obviously did it in self-defense because Doyle shot at them first right right yeah and so finally Kevin comes clean and he's like boy like Doyle was profiling like it's bad
0: this was a total personification of what Void always says like tell me the truth so I can lie for you this was one of those moments because Kev pulls him out and I loved how Void was like this had better be good and Kev's like oh you're not gonna like what I'm about to say Um, But Kev tells him the truth He's like no he was profiling Like he was being racist There's no probable cause And Voight's just like If what you're saying is true We've got a problem And Kev's like fine We've got a problem
1: Yep So Voight goes and meets Doyle sergeant Who threatens him like, Like clear as day Threatens him And is like Basically if Kevin doesn't stop Like speaking Then like we're all gonna have issues So Voight throws him right back. And Voight's like, Kevin Atwater's like a son of me. You go after him, you better come after me too. It's true. And so Voight pulls Kevin aside and they have a talk. And Voight's like, I'm going to give you some facts about what's going to happen if he speaks up. I'm not going to judge you either way on what you say. But, like, I'm going to give you some facts about what's going to happen. And he says, you know, he's like, Terrence and his friend walk and the drugs are inadmissible. Sam Page's death becomes a wrongful police shooting, which means the city most Likely gets sued and Void's like I don't Really give a fuck about that and he's Like but what I do care about is like The backlash that's gonna come against you and he's like You've got to ask yourself like really ask Yourself like how bad do you want to be right
0: I mean it was never About Kevin being right it was About you know correcting an injustice Yeah But like
1: How Bad does Kevin want to fight for that? And I think we've known from, like, all these episodes that, like, Kevin is willing to fight for anything. Mm -hmm. Um, If it's, you know, if there is a point to it, fighting for it, then, like, he wants to fight
0: for it. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's pretty important because he doesn't want, if he stays quiet, then, you know, Doyle's methods are essentially condoned.
1: Yeah. No, I think it's super important. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's kind of what Floyd was trying to illustrate, was like, how important to you is this?
0: But, I mean, when he was like, I'm not trying to give you advice, like, only that, only you can make that decision, did you not think he was sort of indirectly telling him that it wasn't worth it?
1: No, 100%. That was definitely what he was trying. I mean, like, he's
0: implying it without actually implying it. I was very skeptical of Voight in the back half of this episode. I was, like, almost waiting for him to, you know, talk Kevin out of it or just try to silence him or just do something that would really piss us all off.
1: I think, though, it's just Voight coming from his old-school ways. Yeah, Like, clearly this, like, stuff, you know, just went so under the rug back in when Voight probably started out in the PD, like, in PD. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, back in the day of, like, him and Al and, you know... Disco Bob, like back in those days, like void, Boy- like none of this stuff happened. I mean, it happened, but like it just got thrown into the rug, right? And so, like, I think void just comes from that world, and right. so you know, void kind of like that was what void would do, mm-hmm. just because that's where void comes from. So, it's true. So, what does Kevin do? He goes to see Ray Price of all people, love it, which, like yeah love it I mean like we kind of I think we knew that Price was coming back I forgot about it but I knew we like we had heard he was coming back but like it's so good so he's like Kevin's just like I just I needed you know like I want advice like I want to know what you would do and Price quotes Martin freaking Jr. and then explains to Kevin though that like it's essentially not worth it and that like He's not going to spark actual change, and, like, it's best for him to keep his head down and, like, operating as he usually does. And he says, he's like, but then again, I'm not you. And, like, this isn't my situation. Like, this is what I would
0: do, but, like, I'm not you. And we've seen it before that, you know, for Kev to sit back and do nothing would be out of character. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And, like, I always knew Kevin. I would have been very surprised if Kevin had done that.
0: Same. Yeah.
1: So Kevin ends up coming clean, tells Copa everything. And then Voight and Kevin and Adam
0: have drinks in Voight's office. And I loved the scene. Same. And I'm glad Adam was there.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, like, it would have been nice if it was Voight and Kevin. But, like, Adam being there was just, like, it felt right. Yeah. It just, it felt right. So right. And he said, Voight says, he's, like, Adam and I and all of intelligence, like, we've got your back, like, no matter what. And then they toast, and they, they're just like, here's to having the guts to tell the truth. Hell yeah. We need to make that a shirt.
0: Yes, yes! I will work on here's that. having
1: the guts to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. That needs to be our new shirt. So Kevin, though, pulls up outside, like, goes home, and he sees one of Doyle's guys, like, leaning on a car across the street. Because it's important to remember, too, that, like, Doyle comes from a long line of police officers, like, His brothers, his cousins, his dad, his uncles, his grandparents, like literally everyone in his family is
0: cops. Which kind of makes me even more angry because the whole reason that Doyle Sargent was threatening Voight is because he was like, well, he's going to tarnish his legacy and he's got friends and family and everything. It's okay. So just because he's got friends and family means that it's okay that he was racist.
1: Right. And killed a, yeah.
0: That's not how this works.
1: So he sees Doyle's guys leaning a car across the street. Kevin confronts them and starts, like, I'm yelling in the middle of the street. Doesn't, like, physically confront them. And then it leads to a handful of cars lighting up and driving by him. And he just, like, starts yelling in the street. He's like, you know exactly where I'm at. Like, I'm right here. I'm right here. And, like, holds his arms out. Just such a powerful scene. So,
0: yeah, the imagery of that moment is perfect.
1: Oh, my God. Amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
0: yeah, that's season seven of p d that's a, yeah i I think that is pretty satisfying as like a way to end the season i yeah, I don't know how they would have ended the season on p d but I'm a okay with this I mean because in theory, if you think about it, all of our characters are safe, everybody's safe. yeah, we broke the pattern on p d technically we broke the pattern unless we count Doyle, but I don't think we have to. <laughs> Yeah, I guess <laughs> Doyle technically counts. <laughs> I guess. But everybody's safe and sound. So we can live with that until the next season starts start up. Yeah. Who was it no. who um, sent us that message the other day that was like, we don't have to deal with TV line scorecard this year. Oh, no, that was Jessica like tweeting um, on her timeline and I tagged you in it. Yeah, that was perfect. Oh, yeah, because we hate that damn scorecard. Or at least I hate the scorecard. I don't know about you. So much
1: so much. I hate this so much anxiety.
0: Card, so much anxiety. It, it is almost inevitable that every single year the possible fatality section it's half of it is always fire. it never it never fails. <laughs> every year, half of that list is fire. yeah. so I'm really I'm,
1: glad that's not a case this year.
0: I'm glad that the scorecard is not happening this year, and I'm glad that all of our favorite people are safe and sound. Yeah yes, except for Kevin, who I really hope gets out of the middle of the street.
1: yeah but no i mean like this was such an excellent episode like
0: oh my god so good so good yeah
1: like i cannot praise pd enough for and like the thing that i love about pd and i know people talk about it all the time about how like you know the first four seasons of pd are very different from the last you know five six and seven and like yes that's true and like there's clearly a difference but like they would have never done this episode earlier on and like i'm so glad that pd is doing an episode like this because like this story deserves to be told like it, it And they do it so well, like, yeah, it's different, but like, I'm glad we get episodes like this.
0: My favorite types of episodes are the ones where you kind of learn about, you know, the other side of the coin, or you learn about the other perspective in this. The example I always use is the episode of The bull Type when Jane was freaking out that Sutton owned a gun. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. and those are some of my favorite types of episodes of television because the the, epi- the stories are told in a way where you learn and you, you see the other side and you're just like, oh my God, I never realized that, you know, that happens or that's the reasoning or that's this, you know, and this was one of those episodes where, you know, you see racism in practice. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I just, I, I can't. This was such a good episode. I just, like, can't say enough. And, like, I said it earlier, but, like, Leroy's put on a fucking masterclass in acting. Like, this is, like, it's insane how good he is in this episode.
0: So, so good. So good. Like, all,
1: I wish, I know that they'll never win an award, but, like, God, this is the, like, he deserves an award for this episode. Yes.
0: It's so good. I'm trying to find out who wrote this episode right now. And the only reason we don't know is because we saw the episode early. So, you know, when we see episodes early, they don't include your usual credits and everything. Um, But I can't find who it was. And if it's Gavin, I'm just going to be like, of course. Or Gwen.
1: Gwen does an excellent
0: job, too. Yeah.
1: Um, But yeah, whoever it was, just all the kudos. I just,
0: yeah. What an episode. What an episode. Yeah. but
1: yeah that is <laughs> the end of the seasons we
0: did it <laughs> I, yeah not how we thought we were going to but we did it our third set of full seasons are in the books that's kind of insane yeah
1: that we've now gone through three seasons yep of all these shows yep
0: what is life what is life i know it's so crazy so yeah um any other notes on pd or the seasons as a whole
1: no i mean another great seasons like i didn't you know there's nothing i like truly hated about any of these seasons so like i'm happy with them same
0: very happy with them
1: it just feels weird to be done like it's april 15th and we're like what the fuck
0: oh yeah well we're basically like what what do we do with our lives now
1: yeah, like when I was it was funny, I was like I was telling you this, like I was like making a potential calendar for like how long this hiatus could potentially go and I was like, oh, oh this is long. Like what are we doing? I was like, this is a lot to cover.
0: We have a lot of weeks to fill. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of um, no. It's gonna take a while. So yeah. Um as always, you guys know where to find us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, right across the board. I mean, now that it's hiatus, we have time to, you know, learn how to make gifts and, like, use our Tumblr and make shirts and things like that. Um, So, you know, we'll be there. Meet us at Molly's right across the board. Email us anytime about anything. Meet us at Molly's at gmail.com. Again, we went over this last week, what we're kind of doing during our, like, quarantine activities. I got a Nintendo Switch Lite last week, and I've been playing Animal Crossing like nobody's business. It's kind of the best.
1: Did you ever play, like, Animal Crossing back in the day, like, when the game first came out, like, on, like, GameCube and all that stuff? No,
0: no. I, the last console I ever owned, well, I owned a Wii for a hot second, like, right before the Wii U came out, but it was only for playing, like, Mario Party and things. But before that, I owned an N64, and that, that, that's, that's the gap.
1: We used to, I used to play Animal Crossing all the time back in, like, (laughs) the early 2000s, like, when we had a GameCube, Um, but... It was fun. I loved that game.
0: It's the perfect quarantine game, is it not?
1: I mean, I'm not playing it right now, but yeah. I can imagine it being the perfect quarantine
0: game. Um, So if any of you listeners are out there and you're like, Gina's on the Switch, let me know. I'll send you my friend code. We can be friends. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, you know, we're doing all sorts of stuff during quarantine. Um, I was watching the Marvel movies. I stopped because I've been playing Switch, but I'll get back into it. Um, Yeah, so, Brenna, what kind of things are you up to?
1: Um, I mean, I'm trying to watch as much TV as I can. Um, I just started Bachelor Listen to Your Heart last night. That started uh, the new Bachelor show. Um, I don't really know if I'm going to like it, but I'm going to keep watching it because why not? <laughs> um, why not? What else am I going to be watching? Um, Yeah, just trying to watch as much TV as possible.
0: So, yeah, email us anytime. You know, we love to talk about anything, so... Um, If you like the show, which we really, really hope you do, because, again, you've made it all the way to the end of this episode, if you could please take a moment to leave us a rating and review on iTunes, oh, my God, we would so greatly appreciate that. It does help other shy hearts find the show. And, you know, we're all about growing this big, giant, crazy family that we've got. So, Um, yeah, follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Gina Watches TV. Bryna? I am at Bryna K13. And yeah, so we are planning to take next week off, sort of. Um, More information about that later. But otherwise, everybody have a good weekend and have a good rest of the week, really, since we're dropping this early.
1: Can I say something real quick? Yeah. Okay, obviously, 10 million weeks of hiatus. Nobody knows when the fuck we're coming back for good with new episodes. Yeah. We've gone through and kind of made a list of episodes I think we would like to cover. Um, you know, I tried to pick some good ones that I thought, like, brought up interesting storylines we've never talked about before, characters, all that stuff, but if you guys have suggestions, send them to us. Like I said, we could have ten bajillion weeks of this. Like, hiatus is right now, like, honestly could go to, like, October, November, like, nobody knows when it's coming back. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, knock on wood that it comes back at the end of September still, but, like, nobody knows. So, yeah, if you guys have suggestions on episodes we should cover or just anything you guys would like to hear us talk about this summer, let us know. Please.
0: Yes. Yes. So, yeah, everybody have a good rest of the week. Have a good weekend. Um, We'll see you next week. In the meantime, you know, check on your friends, check on your loved ones, be safe, wash your hands. And, yeah, we will see you then. Bye. Bye.